All right. I'm, I've already been up here, so I kind of already ruined this dad joke, but in the first service I got up here and I said, you're all naked. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. Uh, it's just horrible. I don't know whoever gave that advice to public speakers is to just imagine people naked. I, it's just weird. Um, there's nothing other than that, but uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, it's exciting. It's going to be a little bit of a morning of dad jokes in here. So my first one is... A uh, weasel walks into a bar, and the bartender says, a weasel. I've never seen a weasel in here. What will you have? And ah, goes the weasel. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, thanks. My name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors around here, and it's an honor to be able to speak today um, on Father's Day on uh, Juneteenth, and um, yeah, Probably my favorite memory of Father's Day Westwoods was about three years ago, Rick and I got up on stage and we had a dad joke ballot, or a challenge, not a ballot. Uh, it was a dad joke challenge. And so it was, Rick shared a joke and if I laughed, he got a point. Um, and Rick's our, our main pastor here, uh, in case you didn't know that. And then I would tell a joke and then if he laughed, I got a point. The problem was, is I laughed at all my jokes. And so it was, there was no real competition um, but he is on vacation with his wife. They've been gone for about a week and a half, and I have a week and a half left. And they're in the Mediterranean Sea, and they're going on different stops. And he was really looking forward to it. But one of the things that he kept saying over and over again was how excited he was for the train ride. They're going to stop in Venice. They're going to get on the train. They're going to go over the Swiss Alps and then fly out from there. And he, I mean, I love that area. Hopefully the trains work over there. They're having some trouble. But um, he is excited about Switzerland. He knows that I love Switzerland. Um, I've been there a few times. And so he said, what is the best part of Switzerland? And I said, well, their flag's a big plus. So. Thanks. But seriously, Switzerland has some really weird rules, just for the record. Did you know that it's illegal to drive when it's raining in Switzerland? How are we supposed to know when it's raining in Switzerland now? Sorry. Thanks. Some of you are slapping your knees now. Um, no, I am a fan of really silly dad jokes, and I figure if, if they're going to let me have a microphone for 20 minutes, um, and it's Father's Day, then by golly, uh, there's going to be some. And so my dad and my brother are both super influential people in my life. We have a text thread, um, and I'd like to say there's always like a lot of encouragement on there, but usually it's just full of dad jokes. Uh, that we send back and forth with each other. And so I, if you allow me, I'm going to share two of my favorite from that text thread. Um, and so here's the first one. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. <laughs> so, some of you are like, I still don't get this guy's humor. Um, and what do you call a dinosaur that uses really, really cheap toilet paper? A megasaurus. A megasaurus. I can't say it better than that because there's, they have to keep it PG, but a mega sore in there. If I have to explain it. If I have to explain it, we're not going there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's enough. I, there'll, there'll be a few sprinkled throughout the rest, but um, that's it for now. Um, we are in the midst of our Summer Psalms series. And so Drew was, spoke last week. Um, and we have a few different speakers um, lined up, and we were able to, to pick 
which psalm we wanted to, to pick. And as I was going through, I was reminded what Drew said last week was psalms give us the language that we need in order to be honest and authentic with God. It helps orient our minds in what we're feeling. It helps us have permission um, that we can be vulnerable, that we can be authentic with God. And then he also said, Psalms show us that God is not afraid of our emotions and our experiences. That sometimes I feel like we even have to hide or we even have to feel shame, which is not from the Lord for. And so I think that's what Psalms do a great job of doing, of trying to provide those. And so um, I chose Psalm 127, which is in this group of Psalms or songs um, that are titled the Song of Ascent. So that's the group from Psalm 120 through 134, written by several people. David wrote four of them. Solomon wrote one, which is 127. And then there were some other authors that are unknown. Um, and so really the, the hope of these were to focus our reliance on God through all circumstances. Um, and then were later put together to create this group of Song of Ascents um, to sing or to be written in hymns, to actually be played to music or sang to music for the ascent true to Jerusalem for pilgrimage. And so they would go for through two to three festivals um, and they would journey pilgrimage to Jerusalem and they would sing these songs, which are really the reliance on God. Thank you for what I have. May we honor you. May we praise you. We're um, reliant on you for all things. And so I'm going to be talking on 127, but first, given all the dad jokes that didn't land with most of you, I'm going to pray <laughs> uh, and ask God to, to speak through me. So pray with me. Oh man, Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you for this day. Um, it brings joy um, for many, uh, it brings sadness for many as well. And so that's not lost on us, Lord. Um, the stories that we have in our heart that, that bring out grief and, and tears, um, thinking about fathers that have gone before us. And so, God, we, we honor that, and Lord, may we live through that um, in our hearts, and may your story be shown through that. Lord, give me the words to say, and let your spirit just throw flow through this place, through me. Uh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for being our father, good, good father. Uh, we love you. Well, we're going to jump straight into reading Psalm 127. So um, if you look around you, there's a Bible there. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, take it. It's yours. Write your name in it. Um, this, is, this is my Bible. Um, but I think on your page, it's like page 340, I think, if you look at it. Oh, sorry. It's 430. Um, I'm a little dyslexic. But my motto in life is if life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. I told you there's going to be a few strewn throughout here. Psalm 127, if you would read it with me or read along with me. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. I love sleep. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. So I was drawn to 
this scripture for several reasons. Um, the first part being the, uh, unless um, the Lord's build the house, uh, the workers work in vain. Um, and I worked in higher education for 11 years, uh, first at Grand Canyon University and then Colorado Christian University. And uh, we, I was able to be a part of a lot of growth in both of those places. And we were able to build um, several residence halls. Um, and so every single one of those residence halls that was there when I uh, was built when I was there, like I was able to go in, pray over each room, and then write on a stud, barren wall somewhere, Psalm 127, as a reliance on God and uh, what he is doing and the, the honor um, that we want to receive by having those places be dedicated in, in his name. So that, that was the first part of that. And uh, the second part of that was... Um, an archery hunter, and this is my quiver full of arrows. And I think people use this scripture um, in different ways, and I don't think that they're all wrong, um, but it's maybe not the route that I'm taking today of um, having many kids is great. Um, not everybody can have many kids, so I don't think God would, would say that in that context. Um, I think there's also the part of many sons provide protection um, and in that time, they very well did. Um, in the 10th century BC, when this was written, um, man, having multiple people in your family provided protection. And so when your enemy came to the gate, not only would he see your many sons, um, they were also there uh, for protection, also passing on lineage. Um, so that definitely is, is part of that. Um, and so the route that I'm taking today, um, and I believe... Um, I'm going to talk on it, so hopefully it's good, um, is the, the fact that, that we are given um, a great um, honor to be able to have in our midst people that we are able to hone and love on, um, and then from there, launch. And so as you look at a quiver of arrows, this is a modern-day quiver, quiver of arrows. Um, this is for hunting, so this would actually just cl clip on my bow just like this, and kind of walk with me as I walk through the woods. Um, and then when I found what I had a tag for, um, based on the state where I'm hunting, I'd pull an arrow out. And so this is an arrow, modern day arrow. Um, it's .001 um, straightness, which means that it's pretty stinking straight. Um, and it's flexible because uh, when we launch an arrow, right, it's at rest and we're launching it, and it has to do something. So it bends, and then it straightens out as it goes, and that creates uh, the flight with these fletchings here um, that help it have aerodynamics as it goes through the air, and then ending with um, the broadhead. And I pulled this out in first service, and um, I was fortunate enough to draw a moose tag, once-in-a-lifetime tag here in Colorado, and I was able to get that moose. It was with this arrow, and there's still a little bit of moose on here. Uh, so I was like, oh, whoops. Uh, so... Um, and I, that's what we're having for Father's Day today is moose steak. So uh, it's provided for our family um, some pretty stinking good organic meat. So um, that might not be your story. So sorry if I just lost you. Um, but this is honed, you know, at a manufactory. Uh, it is, is super, super razor sharp. And um, it's, this is what arrows look like today. Um, however, this is not what arrows looked like back in 10th century B.C., um, they were a stick somewhere, a piece of wood somewhere um, that the archer had to take and had to hone, 
had to shape it, had to um, shape the broadhead at that time, um, and had to fix that broadhead onto that arrow. It had to be straight. It had to be very similar in weight to the other arrows because as this, it weighs the exact same as those other four in that quiver. That's not the case with arrows in that time. They could be different um, weights. Generally, they're the same length, but they could be different weights. And so you had to know if you're going to shoot it, um, if it weighed heavier, you had to aim higher. Um, you had to pull back harder, either one of those two. Um, and then the fletchings at that time uh, were made from bird feathers. And so it could be either three or four fletchings, um, as they called them. And um, each of the feathers on that arrow were from the same specific wing of a bird. It's because the bird's feathers are all shaped and curled the same on each wing, so they're different on each side to help with flight. And so they'd have to find the feathers of the same wing to be able to put on here to be able to give it the aerodynamic um, spin that it needed to go. And so just like, um, um, just like every single arrow in there had to be shaped, it had to be practiced with. Um, and the other thing about arrows is they're always offensive. They're not defensive, um, except for the last grizzly bear that was taken by self-defense in Colorado was a guy um, who claimed that he stabbed a grizzly bear um, in Colorado. And so that's actually, it's mounted in the Colorado, uh, the Museum of Nature and Science. So you can go in there and look at that grizzly bear. Um, he claims that he stabbed it with his arrow. Other than that guy, arrows generally always are offensive, which means that they have to be strategically placed on the rest of the bow and hooked to the string and drawn back and launched. It's, it's not like a shield or a sword where it can be defensive or offensive. And so as we talk about arrows and the importance of that, I think it, it plays really close into how we treat others and how we ourselves are honed and transformed by the power of Jesus into this world and launched into this world. Just like that stick was always a stick, it was always going to be destined to be a stick, unless somebody grabbed that stick and transformed it into an arrow, that was its story. It was created a stick by God and that was it. And it was rewritten, the story was rewritten by that archer to be able to have a purpose in what it was finally made for. And I think we're the same way. We have stories that were written by our past, by our upbringing, that we have come to believe about ourselves, which may not be the story that God wants for our lives. And it's just like me, like usually it's based on circumstances. So I grew up on a small ranch in Western Colorado and I wanted to be a cowboy more than anything. Um, there's still pictures of me with a cowboy hat on, a bandana, a little toy pistol with like tied around my waist or tied around my thigh so I could draw it. And I practiced, you know, like three amigos, like spinning my gun and sticking it in. Like I desperately wanted to be a cowboy. We had horses and so I got to live some of that out. It's not as glorious as you would think. Chasing cattle on a hot day is not great. Um, and it gets old, but I wanted to be a cowboy. And then later in life, as my giftings changed, um, I got to be really, really good at sports. And so I thought,
And I was really good at it. And I had a chance. I went on to play college baseball and was successful um, to a certain extent. Um, but that story didn't play out, partly because of my skill, and then partly because, like, my mind changed. As I was a sophomore in high school, as not just wanting to be a major league baseball player, I found Jesus and accepted Jesus in my heart when I was a freshman in high school. So then I wanted to be a Christian baseball player. <laughs> that was my hope. Um, and that didn't work. Well, the Christian part's working out pretty good, but, um, <laughs> but the baseball player. And so as I was shaped and honed by some of the spiritual fathers and mothers at Grand Canyon University and stepped into my own faith and learned what it looked like to truly walk with Jesus um, in my own story, I realized that um, God was calling me to be a leader of man. Um, and that's, I feel kind of that same calling in my life is, is to help people step in and rewrite their stories. And so that's um, kind of my journey of writing that story. But God wants to rewrite your story. Um, he is calling you out of the hurt and the pain, um, the life circumstances, the trauma in your life. Um, he wants um, to, to say, that's not all that you are. That you have every ability in the world to rewrite your story, to fall in love with Jesus, and to help other people rewrite their story. And without Jesus, our stories are written by this world, and it's not good. You look all around you about what the world tells you you need to be, powerful, successful, handsome, beautiful, um, funny, um, kind, whatever, um, and I think those things are all good. Maybe not, not the power, because power generally tends to only lead you to more power, which then leads you to corruptness and then all sorts of stuff. So Rick uh, talks about that a lot, so I'm not gonna talk about that at the moment. But um, really, God wants to rewrite your story, and without Jesus, stories are written by the world, and it's not good. And so I feel like we have the ability um, to, to take a look at what our own life is saying. Um, and is it truly living for Jesus? Is that something that's even on our radar? And I think for me in particular, um, it came with this idea of worthiness. Am I worthy of even honestly taking up space? Am I worthy of having a conversation with somebody? Do I have anything to give? Because kind of my, my go-to is just to put humor in places where where it probably shouldn't be. Um, that I'll make a joke out of something just to get rid of hurt because our human bodies don't like hurt. We physically will do everything we can to avoid pain and conflict. And I inject humor into there way too much. And I think it wasn't until we had a worship service, I was sitting like right over there where Chris or Mike Folly was. Um, and I had words spoken over to me um, of God truly cares for me and loves me. And I am absolutely worthy of taking up space. And I hope that you realize that as well this morning, is you are worthy. Genesis 1.27 says that you are valuable, that God created you with a purpose, and you are good. And it's okay um, that you have the ability to not only feel like it's okay to take up space, but that you can use the giftings that God has given you to help rewrite your story and reshape what's going on in your life to be able to help other people. You are worthy of rest. You're worthy of God's goodness and you are worthy of God's grace. 
And maybe that's where we start today. We're going to talk about spiritual fathers and mothers, but really, I think some of us just need to be able to say, it's okay. I'm good enough, and God can use that. That's what he did with Levi, the tax collector, later Matthew. Rewrote that story. For sure, the leper rewrote that story and changed. For sure, friends lowering person down on their mat to be able to be changed in their life, changed from being a paralytic to walking and taking his mat and walking out. His life was changed. I almost fell off the stage. Don't do that. That would change my story. Um, but God wants to do that. And so if we allow Jesus to rewrite our stories, we're able to help other people rewrite their stories as well. Just like archery in Hebrew, in, um, it actually like sin is missing the mark, it actually uses that. Um, and maybe not aiming at the higher purpose that God has called you to, and just reorienting and redirecting that is, is a powerful imagery as well. That's why I love archery. Um, but I would hope that for us today, that we're able to live out our stories that have been written by Jesus. To kind of take our circumstances and our past, be able to, through the power of Jesus, rewrite those stories and be able to love on and to hone the people that God has put in our life. And that can look like the people that are in your family. If you have kids, sons and daughters, it can look like your fathers and mothers. It can look like your grandchildren. It can look like your friends. Um, And you don't have to be good enough to start that through the power of Jesus, your life has been changed in that you can be a spiritual mother at your middle school to your other middle school um, classmates, to your mother who's living with you as you take care of her, to um, the people that you work with at the store. You don't have to be good enough. Scripture is full of people that were not good enough that God used to be able to transform their story and then they were able to transform So let's be tireless in helping others write their story too. And so if there is an invitation for you today, as Drew had an invitation for you as well, it'd be read through, you can put that up there, I can't read it. Read through a few of these Psalm of Ascents and ask God to help prepare you each day to be mindful of your story and who he has placed in your life to help change their story, to help rewrite their story for the gospel of Jesus. Pray with me. God, thank you that you are constantly just striving for a relationship with us. God, you have created us with relational hearts and you want to draw us near. You want to help rewrite our story through the power of your goodness and your grace. Lord, help us with the people that are around us to be able to to fully ask and seek who you have called us to be able to help hone and transform their stories, to change lives so that lives can be changed for your glory, God to build your kingdom, God, here on this earth. Thank you. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen.